Hey everyone, I'm your host Matt, and let me welcome you to Gaming Lounge. If this is your first time, welcome. We talk all things gaming consoles, retro gaming, and modern gaming. So sit down, grab your favorite snack and drink, and enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of episode two of Gaming Lounge, where we're talking about the Skate franchise. I'm your host, Matt, with my co-host, Will. Howdy. And we are getting right back into where we left off with uh, the Skate franchise. Now, we were going to do a one-shot take of that episode, but things kind of got cluttered along with, you know, personal stuff. So, we're definitely going to finish off with part two. And, uh, we did get a chance, I especially got a chance, to play some Skate 1, which I have to now agree is honestly a lot better than Skate 3 in a lot of senses. I think it adapts the whole skateboard culture in a very great way, and, uh, I think my co-host Will can very much agree that, uh, Skate 1 franchise, or just Skate franchise in general, definitely, uh... Definitely kills it. I've not played Skate 2, but uh, definitely something I think I eventually will be doing. But uh, what about you? Uh, how about uh, how about this, honestly? You were there when it all began. Mm -hmm. So what was it like when that game came out on that 360? Uh, it was a game changer. It was a game that was a game changer. In a nutshell, that's basically what it was. Because you have to remember Flick and Tricks were not very common. We only just started using the 360's controller in that particular manner with that game, really. I can't think of another game that ended up coming before it that used the flick it tricks in such a manner. Also, with the variety that was on every one of the trick combinations and all of the grinds and the control that you got to have. And if you were able to line the trick up right, you were able to nail it and you were able to occasionally have something go wrong. It wasn't just, it wasn't like Tony Hawk where you line something up, you click a button and all of a sudden you're grinding on a rail at 40 miles an hour. You know, you could take one small push and essentially just go and grind a really quick rail. You could have it set in a realistic manner. Skate 1, you couldn't do realistic. It was all kind of just set to that one normal mode, which became the iconic bit of what Skate was kind of about. And eventually, things changed up. I believe Skate 2 had some mode for it, but I know that Skate 3 had the hardcore mode. You also like playing on that. I can't stand it. I literally, I have to say one thing. Um, Skate 1 is definitely very fun uh, from the way the area is open to where you can literally go from one area to the next. Uh, I literally have to say the story is fantastic, very funny. The customization is very good, as much as your guy kind of looks like a very blocky square head on his head. But, um... You'll never get away from that looking like the hat just doesn't belong on his head. Yeah. You'll never get away from that. I literally have to say, though, um... Customization is great. The perks are great. The gameplay in itself is just absolutely phenomenal. Now, it took me a while to get used to the camera angle. Yeah, It, it really did. Because I am used to Skate 3, and if anybody doesn't know, Skate 3, you can change the camera angle to what you want, and they have what we call a high top angle, which you can literally just, it plays like a normal game, where how you kind of see a video game now, where it's like the third person view, 
you can see what you're doing. Skate 1, it sort of has that, mm -hmm. but you're more below to the ground. So you really cannot um, see what you're doing at first, or really, it, if you go from 3 to 1, you will get the hang of it. But here's the other thing. With Skate 1, you don't have all the tricks that you have in Skate 3. No, you do not. So you have to get used to the basic line of tricks that you have, and that's all you have. Mm -hmm. And there's different modes you have to do. There's different pushes you have to do that really... But here's the thing. The reason I literally resent what I said when I say Skate 3 was the best game ever, I think Skate 1's better because the physics are better. It's not as arc arcadey. It's not as... You know, like, okay, you click a couple buttons and that's it. You're this master skater. You really have to know what you're doing. Because if you don't, you're going to crash and you're going to wipe out every damn time. My favorite part of Skate 1 is actually not even just that. It's actually the fact that there are different textures all along the ground. That it makes a unique sound every single time. So, if you're in the res, most likely you're bombing hills down relatively faded asphalt but at the same time if you're in old town the roads are cobbled they're sketchy at best but sketchy roads rough roads that's kind of the skater life that's kind of what we do the roads are not necessarily meant for us if you've only really been in a skate park then you don't understand but street skating like it was for me and my boys back in the day. That was, you're dealing with rough surfaces. You're dealing with, you're dealing with texture changes all over. You're dealing with how to handle the dirt. You're dealing with how to handle rough areas, and Old Town allowed that that at least the feel of it because when you're riding along the ground, you hear the cobbles rolling under your under your board at all times, even at slow speed, especially at high speed because it's loud as hell. But the it's completely different from Skate 3 because in Skate 3, the only time you really get a, a texture change, so to speak, is when you're at either the quarry or when you're in the sewer area. Everything else is straight concrete with varying levels of smoothness based on where it is, but it's not... It's, it's it's not variable. There's not a whole lot of variable stuff there. The park and play that you play in downtown has the exact same texture structure and has the exact same smoothness to it that the university does in, like, for instance, the Carverton, the, the, the burb thing down there, that freaking obnoxiously, whatever you want to call it, yellow or orange or, or scarlet looking, whatever that damn thing is. That big-ass skate park. It just, it's, it's, it's the same texture all through and through, and you feel it in the game. You don't feel a whole lot of difference. But meanwhile, with San Vanalona, from the very top all the way to the very bottom of the map and everything in between, there are some things that are just different about it that show you that the company, that, that EA back then actually put a, a decent amount of detail. That Black Box really did a fantastic job. Which is, you know, it, it kills me that they're no longer around because they were fantastic. Those guys were really, really passionate about that job and they were really, really, really good at what they were doing because they brought that skater vibe to life with just that game. Even though 
It didn't have all of the, the, the interesting bits that we have in Skate 3, like hippie jumps or one foots or even no foots or the front foot back foot with all of your tricks or getting off of your board even that's always been that was always the big thing that held skate one back was that you couldn't get off your board because everyone was kind of like what the hell are we doing here because this is also around the same time that wasteland was around for tony hawk you could get off your board there so it was kind of like all right well, what are we doing here now get me... off your board no. but they rectified that in two and three and they enhanced it so much in three that in four the new one that's coming out you're basically going to be a fucking parkour guy so, they they definitely enhanced it, but Skate 1 has always had that, that ambiance to it. That always had that classic, nostalgic feel of, this is different than Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and it just meant more to kids like me who grew up in that era, and we grew up, and that, got, that part of that game actually kind of got me into skateboarding again, after I had failed it when I was like 7 and 8 and bust the shit out of my lip, rolling down the street, because I didn't know how to handle a board. So let me ask you this, from a guy that literally played that coming out, did you, like, what was it like when that game, did you guys go and pre-order it, did you guys go and pick it up, like, what was your first experience putting the disc in, like, you'll like this, I need, I need to hear that story, I think, I think the fans definitely are gonna wanna, you'll like this one, for someone that did grow up on that, OG skate I had from my buddies, right, so one of my buddies would buy it first, and then we would eventually go to his house and play, and then... We would move and we would go somewhere else. What I did in order to complete the game was the same thing that I did with Grand Theft Auto 4 when it first came out. Blockbuster. Because back then, it hadn't gone away. You have to remember something, man. I was born in 93. Skate came out when I was 14 years old. It was 2007. Blockbuster hadn't completely shit the bed yet because Netflix hadn't killed the industry yet. Streaming wasn't a thing back then widespread just the same thing with bitcoin and all the cryptocurrency it wasn't a thing back then that just wasn't a thing it was extremely hard to get any of those extra services that are now commonplace to the point where we're now hosting a podcast right now you weren't able to do this stuff 15 years ago it was extremely rare to do any of this so i definitely got to say because i did i did experience a little bit of blockbuster as a child very very few we actually had a blockbuster up the road and um i remember going in and uh there were a bunch of vhs tapes and you could rent stuff and everything and uh they eventually because this is when blockbuster was starting to close down mm -hmm. and they were actually selling stuff that you could buy because they they were going out of business yeah. they weren't gonna be able to do anything with anything so i remember my mom buying us a bunch of PS2 games because Blockbuster had them for so cheap. It was cheaper than GameStop. Yeah, it was. Which was... Way cheaper. Which was, like, across the highway. <clears throat> uh -huh. So it wasn't even that far down the road. The best part about it. And, uh... Blockbuster was just, like... We all knew... We all saw the writing on the wall. They were pretty much... They were about to go under. Netflix wasn't quite a thing, but it there were certain writings on the wall that was inking towards that new technology shift in the way we deal with online services and gaming and all that fun stuff. And at least the one near me, I'm not 100% certain about all Blockbuster locations, but the one near me sold certain video games. And they sold certain newer video games, some of them sold certain older video games, but I remember getting four, and I remember getting Skate 1 as a rental for a week at a Blockbuster. 
And I remember just being a day late and paying an extra like three or four dollars just for it because you know I didn't give a shit. It was three or four bucks. It was three or four bucks. I, I really didn't care. So I was just playing the game nonstop, and I beat Skate One within two days. Probably the most fun two days I have ever had because after I beat it, I had all of the spots. I had all of the skate maps. I had all of these own the spots. I had all of that other stuff. And my friends would come over the house and we would all play. And then we would take it over to one of my other friends' house because he had an outdoor setup near um, one of the trailer parks that we used to hang out at. He had an actually a proper outdoor setup. And so we would sit in lawn chairs and he would have like a small projector screen kind of thing back on like the back of his trailer area right before where the windows hit and we would just play skate on the projector at nighttime. That sounds very cool. It was insane. It was like the the meme with the Mario Kart. Like, how hey, why did you buy this big ass house? And it's just a guy with the with the Mario Kart sixty four on the front of his garage with this massive ass projector screen and his four buddies just chilling playing it. It's like, yeah, that's that right there. We got to do that when we were little when we when we were when we were teenagers. Barely teenagers too. Like you know, sort of kind of in high school, but not really understanding what any of this stuff is. Let's just put it like this way. Most of us hadn't even had girlfriends at that point yet. So then again, we're all gamers. So yeah, it's commonplace, unfortunately, in our line. <laughs> I from my generation. <laughs> I still remember, I still remember you, um, uh, you coming over and giving me the box of all your 360 games. Uh-huh. And, uh, mm-hmm. I came with skate one, skate two and skate three. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whatever happened to that box. I'm pretty sure I put it in storage somewhere because I cannot find that box anywhere I go. Like, I check my bedroom everywhere. And uh, I know I put it somewhere safe because knowing in my mind I I cherish that stuff and I know I put it in a safe spot because the Naruto game you gave me had the Goku Goku card in it. Mm -hmm. And um, it definitely was... uh, Oh, my God. Definitely was crazy. I remember that. Holy shit. I think that was three. That was three. It was. Yeah, three, it was three it, full bursts. It was three full bursts, yeah. Oh my god, yo, that was such a fun character to play as, too. And they don't have it Different in the... Different animations uh, and everything. Like, he even did his Rasengan, like the Kamehameha. It was hilarious. Yeah, they don't have they don't have that in the uh, in the version I have. They don't have oh it. Oh my god, that's so sad. Ugh. Brutal. Brutal. Anyway, getting back to the skater topic. Good lord, was that game just insane amounts of fun because... Once you started getting the hang of all of the flip tricks, once you started getting the hang of the grabs, once you started getting the hang of the overall feel of the game, we were just off to the races. Like, you know, some of our guys would be so unbelievably... Some of our guys would be so unbelievably good at the game just straight off the bat that it would force us to be better. And for the folks who don't quite understand how that whole dynamic plays out. <laughs> Imagine having all four of your friends around you, or even three of your friends, because it's a four-player option, whatever, and they're all talking equal amounts of absolute shit to you. And it was hilarious, because you're you're trying to adapt, you're trying to deal with the smack talk. It was a good little learning experience. It was like a COD lobby from back in the day. It was great. It was just a lot of character building. No one was saying anything that was... Well, I take that back. COD lobbies were pretty brutal. These guys were actual friends of mine, so they the brut the brutality came from a little bit of a uh, an angle of love, but still, 
God, it was so it was such a fun time playing just the OG skate games. Skate two, not crazy about because when they introduced the getting off the board thing, I felt like it kind of they hadn't worked out that mechanic fully. So you still you could run around, but you ran around like you had shit in your drawers, and you just it was clunky at best. But the story was fantastic. San Vanalona had all of this cool stuff going on. Equal parts dark, equal parts not dark, but you got to essentially play a big role in demongifying the entire city because the Mongo Corps is the one who was like putting all the skate stoppers on and basically they treated San Vanalona like they were the government and they were in, 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 you know enforcing martial law. Or something like it was just like it was so odd. See, but, now I never played Skate <laughs> Two, but I can definitely say that doesn't sound like it could be a lot of fun because you're gonna have to grind to actually unlock the places you want to skate. Mm. So I understand the concept sounds cool, but to me that sounds like kind of a a wash off for uh -huh. me because it's just like you know, but that's not really you don't see anybody doing that in real life. Well, I can give you an idea of what that would be like. So I can give you a video game dynamic of what that technically would be like. So if you ever played Naruto Rise of a Ninja, where Naruto is just haphazardly running around Konoha, or the Leaf Village, for any of you who don't understand the Japanese lingo, but Konoha, the, the Leaf Village. He runs around, he collects coins, he gets into random fights with people, he runs around the village. In Broken Bonds, the village has been partially destroyed from the Konoha crush because that's part of the lore of the story. So it ends during the invasion. So Naruto kill, you know, uh, not kills, but he, he defeats Gara and he quote unquote saves the day. And then there's this big epic piece right at the end where all you see is a lone Sharingan eye with that ominous music playing in the end credits. Broken Bond starts up, and the village is basically destroyed. And you have to build it back up slowly. You have to do random missions. You got to do cleaning stuff. It, it builds it up. With Skate 1 into Skate 2, that's kind of what it felt like. Skate 1, you got to enjoy the heyday of all this gorgeous stuff. The slight sepia filter on it made it feel all nostalgic and warm. And you're just running around. You're just rolling around. You're going crazy. Skate 2 was darker, but you also got a chance to clean up the mess that Mongo Corps had done to the city. And you essentially chased them out. Three, on the other hand, three was, I hate to say it like this, but it's really true. It really was just kind of all sunshine and rainbows. There was no, it was so unreal, It it's so unrealistic that if they didn't have really good, proper, like, gameplay, I probably wouldn't like the game at all. If they didn't have the mechanics tuned tuned to where they did, I wouldn't like the game. It was so bright and just not even remotely close to what a skate environment was in general that it made no sense. Like, for instance, watching Mike Carroll go to the ghetto spot in Skate 3 where you follow him and you're all around that one area where you're going through whatever the hell that place is, the loading docks and everything else. To me, that's unrealistic as shit. 
that's not a that's not a place that's not a place skaters are going to typically go and it's not a wide open area there's not an entire skate park under a random roof for you to just go and play. it's not realistic at all like none of it's realistic none of that stuff fits into place it's not skate spots that are built out of a utilitarian purpose of a background it's built strictly for the sake of being a skater town well, that's cool and all, but it's not realistic. And that's why Skate 1 to me was so much better because there were a lot of parts of that game where if they weren't realistic, they were meant to be unrealistic. And if they were realistic, it was because they were meant to be realistic. So the dumpster diving spot, that's a sketchy spot. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That ramp up is extremely sketchy. You hit that wrong, you're, you're face planting into the fucking dumpster. It was funny. Again, if you hit the area the wrong way, or if you hit big-ass wall the wrong way, as you and I have seen plenty of times on Party Play in the last from last night, you hit that angle wrong, you got no trick. Yeah. I literally have you, to you, say... You're, you're done. You're, you're face-planting. You're, you're, you're over. I, I, I guess that's how out. Fabio died. Yeah. <laughs> I have to literally say, um, it's definitely... It's definitely a lot more fun. Skate three definitely isn't as un- as realistic as Skate one is, mm. but there's certain there's certain areas that it's fun. Like it was you know, more f- it was more fun in general because yeah. of what you got to do and how unrealistic it was. It was more it was much more unrealistic, but it was also a lot more fun. Skate, if you fucked up, you fucked up. Period. If you fucked up, you were getting you were getting screwed and. Again, the game was still working out the kinks, right? So, if you forgot randomly to place a session marker, you're going to have to get on your board, and you can't get off of it. You can't go back up to the random spot that you can nitpick up. You have to go onto your board, and you have to ride up that road, and you have to do multiple tricks just to get up onto the one spot that you wanted to get, and then you have to place the session marker. With with Skate 3, it's it's almost pedestrian. It's It's child's play. You get off your board, you get up onto a random position that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten to on a normal Skate 1 Physic. You place your session marker, you caveman in off of a pure sprint, and then you're right off to the races, and all of a sudden, within a second, you're already faster than if you got three pushes in. Just like that. Yeah, I definitely have to say, um, between both games and the whole franchise in general, it's, it's absolutely an amazing franchise it's very fun it's got its nitpicks here and there we've got our goods and we've got our bads it's definitely a whole nother topic we could get into of the good and bads of, of the skate franchise but just talking about it in general um it definitely you might guys might not have heard my voice that much like i said i'm not a huge skateboard fanatic where i know a lot about it i mean my co-host actually grew up with it as it came out so it's a whole different ballpark when it comes to that. Matt, so, if you were my age, you and I would actually be skate buddies for life. And I think because of how close you and I already have been for the last damn near twenty years, we would you would you would fit right in. But you were younger than me. You were in a different area. You didn't have that same thing growing up. When I was fourteen, you were just barely eight. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 a different thing. You wouldn't have understood it if you weren't there. If you weren't my age and you weren't a part of our crew, you wouldn't have really gotten it. But I know based on what you played and how you play and how you play with me, 
that if you were my age and you were playing in that particular heyday of between 07 to 2010 or 2011, trust me when I tell you, we'd be we'd be skater bros for life. I promise you right now. We just it's it it was such a heyday. To give you guys an idea of what it was like back then for us, I would go to the I would go to the mall nearby where we used to live, which was about a mile away from where I lived. I would grab my board and I would skate up the road and I would cruise most of the time because at like I said in the last like I said in the last one, the part one of this podcast, I did not know how to do a proper trick, let alone a flip trick, until about a year and a half into skateboarding. And it took me a very long time to even get up to that point because, like I said, white boy don't jump. It's just, it is what it is. I never was able to jump. I've always been able to run. I've always been able to hit a baseball. I've always been able to throw a baseball really hard. But as far as jumping is concerned, don't ever let me play the outfield because you will always be able to hit a home run over my head. I'll never be able to rob you. It's just, it is what it is, what it is, man. And. We would always go to the mall and we would, again, because we didn't have a local skate shop nearby because we lived in a town where essentially it was just 80% of the town was just the highway you went through to get to somewhere else. So we had what's called strodes all around the place. So it was just noisy. It was really dangerous for a lot of people. It wasn't a small town vibe, even though the town only had 1,500 people in it. We were surrounded by bigger areas. But our town in general was small, but we had a mall because the mall essentially encompassed most of the county of the state that we live in. So we would go, me and my boys would go over there and we would go to Zoomies because they had a Zoomies in the mall and we would tune up our board. We would buy any new hardware that we needed to buy using money that we got from either our mom or our, or our jobs that we had. Because at the time, I was a landscaper from the age of 14 all the way up until I was about 23. So I had 50 60 $70 here and there per week to be able to use as just a little bit of money to put towards upgrading and doing things at my skateboard. And I also kept, obviously, money aside, too, because my parents were raising me to be kind of more responsible with money and blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, that turned out really well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it turned really well for us, didn't it? I ended, def- up in a, ended up in the finance industry. How about, how about that one, huh? I definitely have to say, um, the one, the couple memories that I do have from you skateboarding, which are, which are a, good, a good chunk, every time I used to see you, especially when you were actually in college at the time, uh-huh. um, you always had your board on you. It was always in your Saturn. Uh-huh. And whenever you pulled it out, especially the cruiser, because the one board I know you didn't use in the trailer park, at least my trailer park, because it did not work well on the gravel at the time. Yeah, because you guys hadn't gotten the new um, asphalt down because yeah. everything was just it was basically gravel mixed with asphalt. Yeah, it was horrible. And the minute and I kid you not, guys, I wish you could have been there to see it when he pulled out this long cruiser board. It had these bright pumpkin orange wheels. And the minute he hit it, he went all the way down, went back around, came up, and I'm like, and me being a little kid, I thought it was the coolest thing ever because he's literally gliding on the road like it's butter, mm-hmm. and I never seen that before. I can give you, a, I can give you a good, I can give you a good little imagination frame of reference. You ever see the one part of the Family Guy episode where uh, Lois randomly just gets big tits from the from the joke from the from the freaking genie wish? And yes, Ryan's I've seen that. Jaw hits the. F- hits the freaking table at mock yes. speed. That's what that's what Matt's uh, jaw did when I was able to finally just randomly cruise up and down this otherwise 
disgusting gravel slash asphalt road and I was able to do it smoothly because I had been skateboarding for I think this was around this was around the time I was in college so I must have been 19 or 20 yeah just so about so I'd been skateboarding pretty much every day for six years at least at that up to that point so again I ride goofy so I always have read I've always rode with my with my left leg uh, being the one that pushes and my and my right being the one that holds off the front of the trucks and then that's where my balance point is obviously because I'm a bigger dude I have to make sure I keep myself squared right on top of those uh, right on top of that hardware at all times because I have unfortunately ended up on longboards before and it was not pretty but I didn't break anything but good God almighty I will never go on a longboard until I lose a lot of weight it was just not going to happen ever again for me. Cruisers were good because they were built much more solid and they were built to cruise. They, that's the whole point. They were heavier, much heavier than your average skateboard because they were built to cruise. They were built to carve. They weren't built for major tricks. You could do tricks, but it was very difficult. It was. It was very, very difficult because with cruisers, they have what's, what's called risers on the top that allow you to carve. Now, normal skateboards don't have risers, or if they do, they have maybe like a quarter-inch risers, just to make sure that your wheels don't tuck under the board and you end up uh, ruining the flats. You end up getting flat spots, and then you end up, you know, taking a turn that's too tight, or you didn't mesh, or you didn't, you didn't do your trucks right, and all of a sudden you end up, you know, ass over tea kettle because you tried to turn a little too wide, and all of a sudden you just, you know, just tumble down the street with, with, with a. Uh, with the cruisers, those two-inch risers or whatever it is, they made all the difference in the world. Because you could just carve and do all that fun stuff, and it was, there was also divots on the side, so you could just do what you needed to do. But anyway, during those times, uh, during those, like, you know, four or five years, we'd go to the mall, we'd go into Zoomies, we'd go customize our boards, we'd go hang out, we'd go buy some clothes... We would go back and we would just do it all over again. And in between all the other sports and activities we used to do, we always went and found a random spot to cruise or to skate. And yes, even though my record has always been clean for the longest time, yes, we have been chased by a few of the security people. It was actually kind of funny. There you go. So definitely, guys, um, that's hearing it directly from the horse's mouth of back in the day with skateboarding, especially with just the games and even some real life stories so you guys can kind of sit back and anybody who is around the same age as my co-host and also my older brother uh definitely just uh you know relive those days of uh skating and cruising and you know like i said we're down in jersey so there's not many skaters around here we're not definitely we're not san francisco where there's a million of them all over the place wherever you turn mm. there's very few of us in between but uh definitely guys this has been uh Part two of the Skate Franchise. Mm -hmm. I definitely hope you guys enjoyed. We uh, we definitely talked a lot, mainly more my co-host than me, because like I said, <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not very well familiar with well. skateboarding franchise and all that. But I will say this. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. We've definitely been getting kinks out of the audio and everything, so this mm -hmm. should sound a really better than even the last so episode I've been seeing we actually are getting. A good amount of people downloading. So I'd like to actually give you one last 60-second bit before we finish up here because I feel like um, New Jersey doesn't get enough credit because we do have a lot of talented skaters in this area. Not in this area, but in this state, I should say. The difference is, is that in California, skateboarding was essentially made there. It was built 
from people who would put essentially milk crate you know they built like milk crate whatever it is or they would use their old surfboards and they would drill holes in the middle and they would use the trucks from say rollerblades or something like that or roller skates and that's how they would get around that started in california so a lot of those areas in general were kind of eventually made over the course of 60 70 years for skaters in certain areas and a lot of areas are much more wide open just based on the infrastructure of how certain places in california for instance santa monica santa clara santa barbara parts of la especially uh, a lot of places in san francisco especially with the hill bombers and the death racers new jersey has that stuff but we don't have street we don't have street skaters we have park we have park skaters mostly because new jersey does in fact spend a decent amount of money building skate parks for their skaters to keep them off the streets because there quite frankly isn't a whole lot for us to skate on the streets there might be a few places here and there but you have to really really look and you have to really try that's why there's not a whole lot of footage of of places in new jersey unless it's in north jersey where there's cities and there's yeah. more tightly packed grid grid areas so with california it's much more open and it was based off of surf culture with new jersey it came from california but it also came through new york city where again cities and gridlock and everything but street skaters even though we do have some in new jersey there's nowhere near not even close not even within a shouting distance of the ones in california but don't let that distract you from the fact that new jersey actually has some very very good skaters you just have to look for some of them and always remember guys support local skate shops no matter what i know we used to go to zoomies back in the day you gotta support local skate shops they're better they offer sponsorships their rates are better the people who work there actually own and manage the stores you gotta give gotta give them proper support always that's it definitely uh definitely gotta agree with him on that definitely support your local skate shops guys definitely check out skate one and skate three and uh on top of that if you guys like what you hear and you like our topics and all that and what we talk about you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other podcasting uh, platforms. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for listening. This has been Episode 2, Part 2 of the Skate Franchise. And uh, we're going to head out and uh, do the rest of the day. Kick push, guys. We'll see you later. Yep, yep. See you later, guys. Bye.